Well, Jason Burke isn't here today, but don't worry. Locked on A's continues. You are locked on A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Sully. Hello, A's fans. Welcome to Locked On A's, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On A's your first listen, as we're available on all your free podcasting platforms. I'm your guest host for today. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan. Feel free to call me Sully. I'm normally the host of Locked On MLB, but since Jason is off, becoming a proud papa, we decided to fill in with me to pinch it today. But don't worry. Jason's still on the show. I'm going to be playing part of an interview I did during the regular season with Jason for my podcast, Locked On MLB. I'll explain that in a little bit. You can follow Locked On A's at Locked On A's on Twitter, and you can follow your friend Jason, who is the host, at ByJasonB on Twitter. I'm at Sully Baseball, as you can see right there on my lower third there. At Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. So here's the deal. Jason is off becoming a proud papa during this holiday season. And instead of having him talk about the A's during the lockout, we decided to come in and pinch hit. Now, when I I put together a couple of episodes, uh, we have some really good guests for later on this week. But I discovered that an episode that I did with Jason during the regular season had a whole bunch of tangents that didn't really fit in with the show that I was doing, that sometimes I do this. I think a lot of podcast hosts do this when recording a rather long interview. He said, no, that part didn't quite fit in with the show, but it wasn't bad. So I took it out, threw it in a little folder, and said, I wonder when I can use that later on, for a rainy day maybe. Well, if you're here in the Bay Area during the Christmas vacation, you'll know we've had a bunch of rainy days. And we have Jason off becoming a proud papa. So, I'm going to be playing part of an interview I did. Now, it's audio only. For those of you on YouTube, you're just going to see a couple still images of Jason and myself. But it is an interview that I did with Jason during the regular season. We're talking about the A's. We talked about the state of the A's. And while it was being done in the regular season, we weren't sure what the A's were going to do, whether they are going to make the postseason or not. I think it was still a conversation worth listening to. So, while Jason's off being a papa... Let's go visit him anyway. Conversation between Jason and myself. It's going to be there. My name's Sully. Oh, the Angels are always playing the A's. I know. Like Isn't that weird? Most of the games that I go to are A's and Angels. I, and I, I mean, partially I plan, like if I go to Disneyland, I'm like, oh, when are the A's going to be in town? So that that helps. But it feels like they play them every opening day, every other series that I'm there. It's always the friggin' Angels. Um, so I got to start planning better, I think. Yeah, but without Mike Trout too. I mean, when, I got to see Otani, so that was cool. That's true. That's true. I did. I, I did get to see Otani play, but yeah, I didn't. I get to see see an Angel game. I'm not there. Say, oh, I hope Justin Upton is playing. I mean, oh, I yeah. hope he's batting leadoff. Yeah, I mean, like, oh boy, 
cross my fingers that I get to see Jared Walsh, although Jared Walsh is having a nice year. He's been fantastic. Yeah, that's, I guess that's a bad, uh, (laughs) that's a bad, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, please, please. I want to. I remember when the I thought the Angels were going to sign Garrett Cole. I thought everyone thought the, the Angels were going to sign Garrett Cole. And would have made sense. It would have made all the sense in the world. And it basically, the negotiation for the Angels should have been just tell us the number. You here's know, whatever the check. It is. Here's a pen. We'll leave the room. Yeah, yeah we'll ahead. leave the room. Whatever it is, it'll clear. And then he signs with New York. And like an hour later, they signed Anthony Rendon. And not that Rendon is a, you know, he's a fine player. He's not having a great year this year, but it's like, you do know that your problem wasn't a bat. You needed an ace. If they can score 10 runs a game, they're, they're going to be hard to beat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An interesting thing is that the, the A's went into the 2012 season and a lot of people were talking about that team that year saying it was a disgrace because they traded away Cahill, they traded away Gio Gonzalez, they traded away Bailey, they were not going to field a major league team, and it looked like they were on the cusp of contention because they were a 500 team a couple of years before, they had a lot of talent on that team, they brought in Bob Melvin, oh, it was a disaster, a disgrace, and that year they wound up winning the first of two straight division titles, and they wound up winning 94 games that year. The reason I'm bringing that up is they basically did a rebuild on the fly in 2012 and they did another rebuild on the fly after 2017 and 2012 was Mike Trout's first year in the majors I mean he had he had a cup of coffee in 2011 but he was the rookie of the year in 2012 that was the 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 pronouncement of Mike Trout as a force of nature in baseball and in that period of time, they made the pl- have made the playoffs once. And the A's have made it 12, 13, 14, 18, 19 last year, and probably this year. So it's probably going to be seven times in that same stretch. And seven times in a 10-year stretch. And it's if there's ever an indictment of the Angels organization, it's the fact that they've had a decade of this player who was forged on Mount Olympus and they can't put a decent team around him while the A's with a 10th of the revenue has rebuilt twice in that same period of time. It is wild. And what's wild to me is everybody knows what they need. They just never get it. It's like, Hey, how about Jose Quintana? He should do it again. He's going to have a bounce back season. They have the money to go get somebody. They have all of the things that you want. They could be the New York Yankees if they wanted to be. And we're just a little smarter about how they spent money, but they're not doing it. We're like the Rockies. They spend money poorly on like right. Ian Desmond and bad contracts and stuff like that. But and they also have to compete with cores. The Angels, it's very straightforward. Just compete with these two other teams because the, the Mariners and, the, and the, uh, the Rangers, they have not been there in recent years. You just got to beat two other teams and then yeah. you can make the playoffs and get even more money because Mike Trout will just be there for the masses. And I don't understand how they cannot do it. It is wild to me. And you know, I've been working a lot in uh, Orange County. And I can tell you folks, the Angels 
they do not play in Los Angeles. They have a gigantic fan base in Orange County. They draw very well. They have a huge television contract. And Orange County is gigantic and very populous. And a lot of people like going to Angels game. The Angels should be one of those teams that is talked about. Oh, they're buying another title. They're buying another title. And to me, it's, I know this is not locked on Angels talk here, but it is incredible that the A's will probably either win the division or at the very worst be a wildcard team for the fourth straight year to go along with a three straight period of time. They really had that one three-year bad stretch between 2015 and 2017. And like, why can the A's rebuild twice and the Angels can't rebuild once, save for that one year, 2014, where they made it to the, they won the division, but then got stomped by the, well, it's, it's, they lost two extra inning games to the Royals and then got stomped in the finale. But it's like, that's more than enough time to build a pitching staff. I have been to one of Mike Trout's three playoff games in 2014. I I was at one of those games because my wife and I were going to Disneyland and we're like, hey, let's go get some baseball tickets because we think that the A's may win this wild card game and then they would play the Angels. We'll go to that game. That'll be a lot of fun. And then that 2014 wild card game happened and that was not as much fun we did get to go root for the royals just because we were not rooting for mike trout and the angels that year but yeah it's it's just a wild what the one thing that i do like about angel stadium or going to an angels game as opposed to a dodgers game if you're from that area is just the ease of it's just so much easier to get to Angel Stadium. Yes. I love that about it. Getting in and out of Dodger Stadium sucks. It is a great ballpark, but oh my God, it would drive me insane having to get there um, if I had like season tickets or something like that. Angel Stadium, you're like, yeah, you just show up whenever and park and walk in yeah. and it's great. Yeah, I um, think I, I like a lot of other things about Dodger Stadium, but that is the one thing that I that always I'm like, you want to go to Dodger game? I'm like, I don't know. That's kind of rough to get there. Well, I, I could tell you something as someone who the last postseason game I went to was at Dodger Stadium when the division series between Washington and L.A. in 2019. And I love Dodger Stadium. I think it's a gorgeous stadium and I think it's perfectly designed to watch baseball. It's a classic. The memories just you just over overwhelm me when you go there, all the great games that were played there, all the, the Hall of Famers and everything. But I do understand why people show up late and leave early i know that there's the stereotype of that and of that being the case with dodger fans and the fact that that shows how they're not real fans that they're indifferent fans and everything like that do you was late to a seat at a playoff game a playoff game me (laughs) me and i was driving from pasadena Okay, I wasn't driving from Las Vegas. I was right down the 110. And I left with like an hour and a half. It takes four first pitch. You got to plan that in advance. Uh, and I was like, well, I'm sorry. I had to do a couple of things that afternoon. But I like, <laughs> I do it 90 minutes before first pitch. And go to Google Maps to see how close Pasadena is to Dodger Stadium on the 110. Normally that takes you about not 10 minutes to drive. 90 minutes was not enough to go from my house 
to the parking lot. Once you get into the parking lot, you then have to get a Sherpa and climb up several stairs and mountains, hills. Sometimes you have to camp out and, and kill a horse for its belt. You have to and, figure out the treasure map. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the Goonies. And then finally <laughs> you get into the stadium and then you have to circumvent the maze that is to finally get your seat. When I sat down, it was the bottom of the first. And I realized that if someone saw me, oh, look at that guy, he's not a real fan. <laughs> and you could imagine if the game is getting out of hand, you're thinking, Do you want, I got to go to work tomorrow and I'm in the parking lot for, it took me a good hour to leave the parking lot. So yeah, that's why Dodger fans arrive late and leave early. It is not indifference. It really is not. You go there, see what you got. It is rough. Uh, it is it, that is a day if you're going to a, a game that is your entire day it's just yeah. getting there and then getting home and then going to bed on either side of that we'll get back to our conversation between jason and myself my name's sully but let's talk a little bit about built bars built bars are the best tasting protein bars out there this holiday season you better grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar built bar has such great holiday goodness, a decadent flavor covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, and net carbs, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. You have to have something delicious and healthy, and so many flavors. You got cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, cherry barcia, mint brownie. My personal favorite is raspberry covered in chocolate, and so many, uh, all of the lockdown hosts have our favorite flavors, and we argue about it, but there's nothing to argue about. You know, whatever you like, you like. This is the holiday spirit I'm talking about. I'll tell you what I've been doing. I've been dunking my built bars and my cocoa. It tastes fantastic. It's better than marshmallows. And if you like a marshmallow retreat, you better try your built puffs. Now, you got the built bar puffs. They're light, they're fluffy, they're marshmallowy through and through, different flavors covered in chocolate. It tastes so good, and you won't believe that they're filled with protein. So here is the offer. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your order of all your built bars. That offer again is use promo code LOCK15 at built.com to get 15% off your built bars. Okay, let's get back to the conversation that I had with Jason over the summer. Hey, I got a question to ask you. I'm talking stadiums here. We're with Jason Burke of Locked On A's. The, I mean, it's the elephant in the room, and sadly, the elephant is not Stomper. That <laughs> the A's, in my opinion, should just build a stadium in the parking lot of the Coliseum because no one else is there. The Raiders are gone. The Warriors are gone. Build a baseball-only park there, but that doesn't seem to be in the cards. They're talking about the Howard Terminal. I've driven by There's no way they're going to build a ballpark there. There's not enough room to – it's going to be an environmental disaster. They've thought They've th- thought about – what was it, the Mills College? Was that one of the other plans? You know, oh, yeah, that one. That one's long the dead. They've kicked around Fremont. They've kicked around San Jose. They don't even know the way to San Jose. They're like Dion Warwick. Nice up-to-date reference from me. And – What's going to happen, man? Because I think that I, I do think they're going to move. I think that they've stacked the deck around them. I hope they don't move to Las Vegas because I think that'll be a disaster. I wish they would stay in the Bay Area 
but I'm starting to read the writing on the wall. And even though they've been in Oakland for as long as they were in Philadelphia, that I think that they've been trying to get out of Oakland since Joe Rudy was in left field. So I, I, I think that it's going to have to happen. I think it's going to happen, have to happen soon because baseball needs to, to expand and get that expansion fees from two cities to help, you know, cover some costs and they can't expand with Tampa Bay and Oakland stadium situation still being lousy. So there's an added bit of urgency for this. What do you think? It looked rough for a week or two. All the reports were, there was a lot of contentious behavior on both sides and, uh, Oakland was saying that they were the A's were lying and this and that. And Dave Cavill had his tweet from the Vegas Golden Knights game because they were doing their exploratory mission in Vegas. And that got everybody angry. But since then, things have seemingly cooled down. There was a meeting last week where it looked like they were actually talking through some stuff. The big, the big vote's going to be July 20th. That is the day that we should find out. It'll be a month from when this is dropping. Well, from when we're recording, you got a little bit less time as you're hearing this, but July 20th is going to be the big vote day where we should see if they're going to be moving forward or not big city council vote. So we'll see. There's a lot of numbers that are being thrown around like, oh, how much is the city going to have to pay and how much is this? And there's just a bunch a bunch of misinformation out there and it's hard to keep it all straight, but it looks like it could be a big boon for the city if they build it and just give them the ability to build and then they would get more tax revenue from the new buildings that the A's are building and out of pocket. And that's kind of the money that was being discussed where the the city of Oakland was going to have to pay for stuff. There's a lot of just financial mumbo jumbo. There's a lot of jargon involved. So I'm, I'm following as best I can, but right now I feel more optimistic than I did a couple of weeks ago, but it's that July 20th vote. That's going to be the tell all for everybody is, are, are we moving forward with this project or not? And if not, then it's Howard terminal or bust for the Oakland A's right now. And if that doesn't go through, then we're looking a lot more seriously at, Las Vegas, Portland, wherever, Nashville, the whatever, wherever they were going to go, you're looking a lot more seriously at those places. Dave Cavill said that Oakland or Howard Terminal and Las Vegas are on parallel paths, which is not something that you want to hear, but it does seem like the focus has been a lot more on Howard Terminal of late. So we'll see. July 20th is the big, big vote day. And I got that one circled on my calendar a lot. Well, I think Las Vegas would be a disaster. I really do. Yeah. I think people look at Vegas and I don't know why they think that will be a great ballpark destination. Obviously, they have to build a park, but you're not going to have the the fan base in Las Vegas. It's kind of like people thought Phoenix and Miami were going to become great baseball cities because they play a lot of baseball there. But what people are the gigantic swaths of the population of Phoenix and of Tampa and of Miami are people who have moved there from other places and their loyalty remains to the ball team that they grew up rooting for. I mean, I did that for years with the Red Sox living in California. People, I, everyone I know who moved here from other places are fiercely loyal to the Mets, the Phillies, the Orioles, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Cubs, the Reds, whatever team they grew up rooting for. And they're finding there are more Cub fans in Phoenix 
than Diamondback fans. They're finding there are more Yankee and Met fans in Tampa and in Miami than there are Marlin and Ray fans, even in years where the Marlins and the Rays are better than the aforementioned teams. I think the chances of, and I think Las Vegas is one of those cities that there's a lot of people who have moved there from other places. Of all the places where the A's could move to, I think Portland would be a huge success. And I think Nashville would be a huge success. I think, you know, and I don't want them to move. I've made it clear. I don't want them to move. But if they have to move, I think Portland or Nashville make a hell of a lot more sense. And Portland would make the most sense because you'd keep them in the West. You'd have a rivalry with the Mariners. And there you go. I want to show you something here for folks understanding how long this situation with the A's and are they going to move and are, are they happy with Oakland? This is a book called, I'm holding this up, called All Pro Baseball Stars 80. I got this when I was in the third grade, copyright December 20th, 1979. Okay, 79. Your pal Sully was seven. All right. And you could order these little uh, scholastic books. That's what they had in the <laughs> suburbs of Boston. I'm sure they had it all across the country. You fill out, what books do you want to have? And you go through and, and surprise, surprise, seven-year-old Sully bought this. And this is a book where they have little write-ups on each of the teams. They have the, the, the stats of every player. This is basically baseballreference.com for 1979. And they have the, you know, pro, they have profile. There's a reason I'm doing this. This has to do with the, the, the show here. They have profiles <laughs> on the best players from 1979, previewing into 1980. Like they had Dave Parker of the Pittsburgh Pirates was obviously, obviously a big one. Oh, Red Sox fan. You got your Jim Rice in there. And they do a profile on every team. Texas Rangers, Minnesota Twins, Chicago White Sox, Seattle Mariners. And when they get to the Oakland A's, it says the A's, <laughs> not Oakland A's, the A's. The first paragraph says it matters not where the A's play in Denver or Oakland. They're awful. Their 5,408 record was just a hair better than Toronto's and the A's were world champs as recently as 1974. The reason it starts that way, and it doesn't say Oakland A's, is at the time that this book went to press, they were not sure if the A's were going to be playing in Oakland or in Denver, because a group in Denver wanted to buy the A's from Charlie Finley and move them to Mile High Stadium. And the A's, who had been playing footsie with every team in creation when they were in Kansas City, and the nanosecond they landed in Oakland, they were playing footsie again with New Orleans and Denver to move them there. When this book was published, when I was seven, the Oakland Stadium situation was unsettled. It's 2021. I'm older than seven. That was 40 <laughs> Two years ago, 42 years ago, the A's stadium situation was unsettled. And here we are, here we is, and they're still playing in the same stadium. And still, still, I wanted to share that with you. I just, I didn't even think about pulling that out, but I happen <laughs> to have it here nearby my desk and I still refer to it. All pro baseball stars 80.
they're going to get a new ballpark somewhere at some point. And I, going back to Portland, I don't necessarily want them to move. Oh, I don't want them to move at all. But to Portland yeah. or Vegas, I don't know where I'd want them to move. So it's I, I tough. Think that it's I'm a just, tough call for you. You're an yeah. Oakland A's fan. Yeah, I'm like I don't I don't expect you. You where, want to move? You don't want to move from the Coliseum, probably. Like, uh, I mean. Anywhere right, in the, my vicinity, I'm fine with. If they wanted to go to San Jose, sure, I can still get there. But like Portland, they've been clamoring for days for a while. You get some people in your mentions, you're like, yeah, I don't like that. But Portland is close, and there are people in Portland or in Oregon that are already A's fans. So mm -hmm. they would, as you said, they would have some people already there baked in that are already A's fans. So they wouldn't have to do as much selling if they went to Portland. Whereas Vegas, it, it's a... You, you go there for on vacation and you get a lot of people that are, would be rooting for the visiting team. So the home team would never have an advantage whatsoever. I don't think, especially over a full, I guess, 81 games at home. It, it's not like hockey. It's not like having a football team there where the, sh the season is just shorter. You got to fill up uh, that ballpark a whole lot more. And it just doesn't make a lot of sense for an established team. If you had an expansion team, I could see that working a little bit better because you're like, ah, oh, this is our team. Yeah. But I, I don't see that being the case for an established team with so much history, like the Oakland A's, the Philadelphia's, whatever, the A's, as your book said. So well, it, it yeah. doesn't make as much sense. All right. We're going to take a quick pause here to talk a little bit about Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports action this season. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, just use promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From baseball, basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down your favorite Las Vegas casino game. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing new offers available. Bet online is where the game starts. Let's get back to the conversation with Jason we had during the regular season. And think about the fact that the personality of people in Portland. Portland has great sports fans. They support the Trailblazers. They support their soccer teams. Hell, they, if you saw the battered bastards of baseball, they supported their minor league team when they were the Brooklyn that Mavericks. That was a good, good doc, actually. That was, yeah, that was like a wonderful that. documentary. I love that. I love that movie. And, but the other is the fact that they, people in Oregon, and I've, I've spent a little bit of time in Oregon, especially shooting TV shows and everything. They're clearly, they're not Californians, but they also have a different identity from those in Washington, from Seattle. They have a very distinct personality and a quirky franchise like the A's is almost ideal to put in there and said, no, we're not a California team. We're not a Washington team. We have a really weird history, whether you look at Connie Mack or Finley or the Moneyball or, or steroids or whatever you want to look at, Billy Ball. There's always been something a little bit out of sync with the Oakland or with the you know, Philadelphia, Kansas City, Oakland A's franchise. Something a little not lined up with everything else. And so that almost plays perfectly with Portland. And I, Oddly, yeah. Portland was one of the cities that Charlie Finley considered moving the team when they were in Kansas City. I think the big sticking point for me, and it got brought to my attention, I was like, yeah, that, that would make it a lot different. If they change the A's colors, then I'm like, this isn't even the same team anymore. If they're not green and gold anymore, then 
what, what are we even doing? If they go to like red, white, and blue, like yeah. every other team, that's no, stupid. They're not the A's anymore. I, I'm finding a different team. But if they're still green and gold and they move, we'll, we'll see what happens, I guess. Uh, it's going to be rough just because they've been here and I like them here and I like going to baseball games. And I don't think that I can be a Giants fan because I've spent much of my adult life disliking the San Francisco Giants. They're, they're nice guys. I just don't root for them. As all. I get it. I lived in the Bay Area for years. I get it. I get it. I understand. And I understand that the the animosity, that the, the chip on the shoulder of Oakland fans. I get it. I see I it. I assume that it's the, similar to, and, and have you lived in New York before? Or just oh, I, lived in New York, I lived in New York for 15 years. Is it the same as like Mets fans to Yankees fans, like the the quote unquote little brother syndrome? Because it's yeah, a smaller I, team and a two team market, and I, I feel like there's a lot of similarities with A's fans and Mets fans. Just uh, like the last time they won the World Series was a very memorable one for the Mets. It was the Bill Buckner play for the A's. It was the the earthquake both in the eighties. Um, you yeah, know, I'll let the Buckner comment slide, but <laughs> the game was tied when he made the error. It's funny that the Mets fans are a lot more fatalistic. They do have a chip on their shoulder. However, when they are good, and I've been, I lived in New York when the Mets were very good, and I've lived there when they were horrific. And when the Mets are good, it's different because I, I had Jamie Fallon, a wonderful comedian and photographer and singer. She's a bit of a Renaissance woman and a big Mets fan. And she made the great analogy that when the Mets are good, the Met fans are like prairie dogs popping out of the ground. Like they're good again. They're good again. And there, there's a little bit of swing votes because a lot of people root for the 86 Mets were later rooting for the 96 Yankees. And there are some people who do have the, I'm a New York fan and I'm going to root, I'm going to root for New York, but most of the time you pick a side Mm -hmm. and Yankee fans are very snobbish towards Met fans, especially when they finally met in the World Series and the, the Yankees beat them, Met fans loathe Yankee fans. And I, I think there's a similar dynamic with White Sox fans and Cub fans because all the attention is put on the Cubs. In mm-hmm. fact, when the White Sox won the World Series in 2005, I remember... Nobody remembers that. Yeah, and, and I, th- I think partly because there was not the one defining game of that, that the White Sox just steamrolled they lost one playoff game if there was a game seven do or die at one point i think it would have been a much bigger deal but the fact that i remember there was a the like espn or some of those were doing a thing interviewing (laughs) cub fans on the street for their reaction of the white Sox winning the world series i think like i have an idea for another segment why don't you interview white Sox fans like why is it always ESPN also put up a graphic of like the the most recent Chicago titles and whatnot, and they just completely left off the Chicago White Sox. And I thought that that was just rude. And it feels like uh, something that they would do to the A's as well. So, yeah. All right. Well, hey, I'm glad you were able to listen to the show here as I come in to pinch hit for Jason. Again, my name is Paul Francis Sullivan. Uh, you call me Sully. You can see there from the lower third. I am the host of Locked On MLB, and I'm continuing to do new episodes of Locked On MLB during the holiday season as well. Thanks so much for listening to the show. And once again, thanks for making us your first listen as we're available on all your free podcasting platforms. Let's have your second listen. Well, have your second listen be Locked On MLB, where you can follow me. And maybe your third listen is Locked On Bets with your boy Q and expert analysis from Lee Sterling. Talking with the host 
of Locked On A's on Locked On A's. You know, the way you should. This has been Locked On A's with your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. That's me, normally at Locked On MLB. Hope that isn't too confusing. Hope you're having a great holiday season. Please feel free to call me Sullivan.